Welcome to Bitverse Byte, the weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. I'm Adam Listeke, web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. If you'd like to help support the show, please tap the link in the episode description if you're using the Anchor application, or visit anchor.fm slash bit-v-byte to become a monthly supporter. So first up, some news of interest was a while back, actually. Google quietly dropped the ban on their personally identifiable web tracking, to in one aspect at least. So back when Google acquired DoubleClick, way back when, uh, they kind of said that they would not associate its tracking data with Google's data. But over the summer, they changed their privacy policy say they may associate that data. So the next web, uh, which had the article on this, makes kind of the note this was Google's, one of Google's, last separation of privacy between systems. And really it just means that even more targeted advertising is coming. Now, there's been a lot of changes and moves that Google's been doing to their advertising efforts. You know, notably, they have kind of attempted to maybe maybe inadvertently break the uh, ad blocking functionality of Chrome, uh, maybe on purpose. It's probably not. I think it's more of an effort to really try to make sure the ads that are out there are ones that people aren't going to want to block. They're unobtrusive. They, you know, work, but at the same time, they're not going to like slow down the site, which things have been notorious for. They're not going to overly get in the way. Uh, so it's kind of interest that they did this. I mean, I honestly was a little surprised this hadn't happened earlier, uh, but it will remain to be seen what this actually means in practice, but I can't imagine that with the drive for people buying advertising to really want to target demographics and data that this won't have more uh, impact on there and it won't really cater to those needs. You know, what it means for privacy for the end user, well, probably less privacy is is kind of the way that things will go. So Microsoft actually said, or uh, some folks at uh, spokesman uh, for Microsoft was, they really don't want you using Internet Explorer. Now, this isn't Edge, uh, which was the revamped browser that came with Windows 10, but the legacy Internet Explorer, you know, that stopped being created around 11, version 11, and really they don't want you using it because it's their viewing it as purely a compatibility solution. And really what they're saying though is they don't want you to use this as a daily web browser, which I think every web developer ever would completely agree with. But it's really because they're not keeping it as up-to-date and secure. There's just no way they can do enough to get it to the point where it could be really well used as a daily web driver. And that's just not the direction they want to go. So, you know, a lot of organizations need to continue using it because a lot of stuff that they wrote specifically works in the Internet Explorer. And since things are slow to move within these kind of organizations, it's going to be a while before that can change. You know, this is no surprise after Microsoft announced not even that long ago that, you know, they're dropping their actual custom Edge rendering engine 
and they're going to be switching over to Chromium. And I think part of this is because, and I didn't realize this, that Edge uh, didn't, you know, wasn't able to work on Windows 7 and 8. I didn't expect them to backport it, but since there's so many folks that haven't upgraded to Windows 10, you know, because 7 and 8 are working, uh, that they really want to be able to offer a browser other than Internet Explorer to those. And I think that's kind of the, one of the reasons they are going with Chromium, because it works on all those systems. Remains to be seen where all of this kind of sorts itself out, but uh, it should be interesting to watch. And finally, uh, there's a note that Apple is removing the Do Not Track ability from Safari. And so what this specifically is, is there was an effort a while back to create this Do Not Track flag, and it was basically sent as a header to websites. It never really worked because it wasn't mandatory, and websites had to code in the ability to respond to this. So it really wasn't being used, and it ironically was being used in some cases as a tracking signal to additionally help track people on the web. Most likely in the if somebody has this on, they could tell where it's coming from and tie that up to the browser itself. So the actual Do Not Track project ended last month quietly. And this is kind of marking that particular initiative well and truly dead, as it just didn't work the way that was intended. And so there's a lot of discussion as alternatives, some other efforts out there, but the, you know, the official Do Not Track effort uh, is not going to be around much longer, and it shouldn't be too long before the other browsers follow suit. So a couple links and resources of interest. Uh, if you haven't heard of something called Rocketbook, they're pretty unique little notebooks that are reusable. So what this means is you have a notebook, you write on it, uh, and then you can actually wipe away the uh, writing with water in one of their notebooks and by another one you can do it by microwaving and the benefit to the microwaving one is when you microwave it it erases all of the pages in there other unlike the other one where you have to individually wipe them down um, but this really just means you just occasionally need to buy new pens and the other part of this is it ties into an app they have where you can take a picture of the page and it makes it look nice, kind of some color correction, brings out your uh, writing on there, uh, orients it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's pretty cool. Uh, I ordered one. I haven't used it yet, but I'm actually really interested. Uh, they're not too expensive considering the fact they're reusable. Uh, so I'm looking forward to trying it out. Uh, the reviews and the folks I know who have some, uh, they love it. So I'm looking forward to trying it. There's another website out there called MixKit, and what this is that they offer some high-quality free videos that are usable in commercial and non-commercial works. Very useful if you need these kind of things for projects and looking for good videos to use. Uh, it pretty much looks like they are in an, I think they're an Envato company or, or offshoot or in that ecosystem. Uh, but hey, there's some free videos that are uh, pretty good. They're meant to kind of loop, really look like they're meant for the main full screen background looping kind of videos you find on sites, but check it out if you need that kind of thing. Uh, pretty neat. And finally, uh, there is a website called 
Git pitch, G-I-T pitch, as in the uh, version control system. And so what this is, is a, it's a very developer slash tech oriented PowerPoint type slides that are integrated with Git and customizable. It's really intended so that you can kind of code your, you know, uh, slides essentially for a presentation or anything like that. Uh, and it integrates with Git for version control. So kind of cool if you need that. Um, maybe a little automated way to create presentations, uh, but check it out. And finally, I, I want to talk about uh, a project that I've been involved with, a company I've been uh, working with called TechSnips. I've talked about them once before in the show, um, but the reason I wanted to talk about it again is because the direction that uh, part of it's been going, and so traditionally, uh, TechSnips has been creating these small snips, and what they are are very focused, uh, like three to ten minute kind of how-tos for a particular subject. And what it's allowed folks to do is, if you become a part of TechSnips, you're able to join and use the resources that they have for editing, for assistance in creating a, a snip or a on a topic you want to do, and Depending on how everything is going, uh, you can earn a certain amount of money to do that, depending on views and how everything is going with the company. So it really allows you to um, be a part of a community. And because there's a lot of folks on there that are, you know, very in-depth uh, leaders in their industry, and they know a lot of stuff. And so it's a, it's a way to kind of not only bring your presentation skills up and figure out ways to kind of give back what you know. It's a way to connect with others as well. Well, one of the things that TechSnips has really been uh, involved with for a long time, uh, other than the SNPs, is uh, the ability to kind of work with courses. And so when we're saying courses, it's like uh, plural sites or packed, uh, those kind of companies where you, you're building a more defined training uh, exercise rather than kind of a how-to. So what are courses? If you, you know, is it just a bunch of little things? And, you know, how does TechSnips really approach this differently? And so part of the thing is when you do a course, it, it's a lot of work. And, and it should be, I mean, because you're trying to really create a training uh, based on your knowledge, uh, since you are kind of the expert in that. And you're really trying to impart that in a way that's clear and understandable. And these companies are, you know, want high quality material, but it takes a lot of time and effort. And there's a lot of little rules and ways to format and things you got to remember when you're doing it. So it can take a significant amount of time. You can make some good money doing it for sure. And it's well worth doing so, um, especially if you're looking for those kind of passive income uh, stuff as you get royalties over time. But it can be a challenge to create, especially if you've never done one before. So what is tech, how does TechSnips kind of come into play with this? Well, the idea is that they'll offer a, the, kind of all of the help to get you there. You know, what you, that you really need to focus on, how do you create the best course you can with the best content, with the best uh, flow in a way that you can really present to folks your knowledge. But maybe you're not the greatest you know, video editor. Maybe you aren't 
you, you just need some resources to kind of really understand what you want to do. And so TechSnips can actually help you with that. So if you work on a course through TechSnips, what you'll get is the ability to inter, you know, interact with a lot of folks that know what they're doing, uh, have the editing resources behind you, a lot of that minutia that you wouldn't actually you know, have to spend a ton of time trying to figure out, TechSnips can help you navigate all that. And since each little air, you know, a company is different, they can kind of navigate that as well. So you're not stuck trying to figure out all of the differences between them, what would be better, what wouldn't be. So it's definitely a, a huge help and a huge time saver. You know, you're obviously still having to put in all the work and effort, and it's not a small amount. But at the same time, this can be a huge leg up to really understanding what needs to be done and kind of lightening the load on you. And so if you're looking to get you know, started with courses and all of that, it's a great you know, uh, a way to start looking into it. So for, the, for those of us that are in the industry and do a lot of uh, you know, tech stuff and maybe you're looking for you know, kind of a side you know, thing to get involved in, or you're really looking ways to, say, share and give back, but earn something while you're doing it, then courses is a great way to start with that. You know, you are already probably training folks in your job, your coworkers, so why not try bringing that knowledge out and putting it down in a format that others can benefit from? So if you're, if you're really interested in this, head on over to techsnips.io and, you know, read through it, take a look at some of the snips that are on there to get an idea of kind of the quality and, you know, what the company's all about, and then check on joining and, you know, start getting involved and seeing, you know, maybe if this is a good community for you and what you might be able to give back and, you know, maybe earn something while you're doing it. So I just wanted to say this. I've been a huge, um, I had a lot of involvement with Tech Snips. I, I love what they're doing. I've been very involved in community. I personally uh, am working on a course, so I am very much enjoying it. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you know where we can go from here, how you know the the company can grow to really bring more people in to help get that knowledge out there in a way that you know we can really build a community. So you know with that, check it out. I think it'd be a great uh, benefit, especially for those that are you know, more into that kind of training and tech and just want to find a way to give back. So I'll end there. Uh, follow this podcast on Twitter at bitvbyte and Facebook at slash bitvbyte. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.